explorers in the further regions of experience. Demons to some, angels to others. Now you must come with us. Taste our pleasures. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. What's going on, everyone? I'm Heath. And I'm Jay. You're listening to Host of Hards, show where we discuss and review hard films based off of predetermined themes of the month. Jay! Okay, so I just found out that this is getting a reboot. That they got a reboot or is getting a reboot? Dude, there's so many Hellraiser movies. Like, it's not even funny. I see. There is a lot. There's a lot. There is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's the one that hasn't come out yet. Oh, I'm excited for that one. But all right, so basically, we watched Hellraiser. <laughs> this is another movie that we watched that almost everything has been done in the name of love, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Like this, this, this movie is all because somebody was trying to get some dick. And I'm like, I feel like there's an ongoing trend. I don't know what that trend is, but there, there's a trend going. There's something going about this, uh, about these kinds of films. And I'm like, what is going on here? Also, you know, it's funny. Mm. So I knew that Hellraiser existed, but I didn't know Pinhead was named Pinhead. I was, I was it's like, kind of just, it's kind of like what the fans named him. It's not his actual name. I don't think that's what Clive intended, but yeah, no, the fans kind of were like, you know, the guy with all the pins in his head. I thought he was called Hellraiser. That's what I thought. (laughs) I thought it was based off of that character, and that's what I always associated with. But I actually never seen the movie. Obviously, I'm only, like, wrong. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, we so watched fucking Hellraiser. We watched 1987 cult classic written and directed by Clive Barker himself, Hellraiser. I ain't know he was one of the girls. I ain't know he was a, a little fruity. So, uh, but you know, even with that, I can't really get any queer context out of this. So I'm like, good job. Good Clap, clap. I can't, I can't get any queer context out of this. It's just like a straightforward, like, girl, old girl was trying to get some <laughs> dick, and, like, she succeeded and failed. Like, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the fact that the old girl, um, Miss, um, Miss, um, Miss Julia, Miss Julia, played by Claire Higgins. Miss Julia was all just, she was ready. She was ready and willing to give it all up for a <laughs> pile of flesh. 
She really was. She was ready to risk it all for a pile of flesh in hopes that he can be healed completely. Yeah, no. Yeah. So basically, the story is this guy by the name of Frank finds the Lamet configuration. And I hope I'm saying that right, because I'm not a Hellraiser fan, but it's I think it's the Lamet configuration, uh, the little puzzle box. And he finds it, he opens it, and it basically teleports him to a world of pleasure and pain. Uh, and only a sense that a Cenobite could find pleasure in that, I guess. But, you know, hey, to each his own. So, anywho... This family, uh, Julia and what was the dad's name? Nine the family, Julia and Larry. Larry. So Julia and Larry move in and they're trying to get, uh, uh, Larry's trying to get his daughter, uh, Kirstie. Christy. Kirstie. Kirstie? Kirstie. I think it's Kirstie. It's Kirstie. Kirstie. Anyway, trying to get their daughter there, but she's like, nah, I'm going to live on my own. I got my own place. I got my own job. I don't need to live there. Basically, she don't like her mo- her stepmom, Julia, which after finding out some things, I can understand why. Girl, <laughs> because, okay, for some reason, I thought it was like some kind of investigative shit, like on some sc- uh, sc- motor and scully shit, but like. The minute just, they're all like, babe, I was like, oh, they're married. Yeah. I was just so unsure of, like, what was this? I'm assuming they're, like, oh, moving in, moving into, like, the old family home or something. The, Larry, or what was it? Um, um, Frank. Frank owned the home. So the guy that opened up the uh, configuration, his... his name was Frank, and that was his place. Because they even mentioned, like, this may have been one of Frank's old hidey holes. Is this the fact that, like, they just really just ran in on like frank shit i guess it's because like because they assumed that he died or something. well he was gone for like years so he, so, he just kind of vanished oh okay so it was like kind of like after a while i was like oh we're just gonna gang in on this shit yeah fuck it anyway so they move in uh old larry larry got a little uh bruisey cut got a little cut on his, on his little thingy and uh while julia is up in the attic Basically having a flashback orgasm for the time when on their wedding, I don't know if it was their wedding day or like right before the wedding, but Frank shows up, seduces her, and she falls head over heels in love with the bad boy. She fell in love with the bad boy with the t- back <laughs> tattoo. Like the she switchblade. Like she got herself some bad boy dick. <laughs> and like, oh, I was like, okay, girl. Okay. It's just a, it, it's just honestly the fact that like I like the scene where she was looking through all the stuff, not like we ain't because like, none of us knew that like you know Frank, her and Frank even had any history. You um, can kind you can kind of get little hints as she's looking through his stuff, like uh-huh. through his things, but yeah, you don't get it until like the full flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, after she goes to the attic to just uh get her uh her pussy throbbing <laughs> over a memory and shit uh, uh larry comes in water because that ooh. yeah he gets stuck by a nail mm. see this is what i get for watching a lot of shit with body horror like i can't physically I, I physically can't watch it it's like two movies in a row <laughs> two body horror movies in a row this one this one was a 
big good. Hey, we'll get to that in just a second. So it was started out in the very beginning. <laughs> That's how we what we started out with a whole bunch of fucking gore and bunch of whole, just a whole bunch of like random pieces. There were two dudes. <laughs> I think they were. I think they were supposed to be real penises, but oh, it, yeah, God. they were definitely dildos. I was dead. I was like. I was like, not y'all, not the dildos, y'all. But anyway, not the dildos. I anyway, th- blood. That, I thought that was funny. <laughs> blood goes everywhere, and turns out that Frank somehow starts getting revived whenever he consumes blood, and he needs to constantly consume blood to get his old body back, which the- Julia helps him with. And as all this is going on, Kirstie's like, some shit's going on. I need to figure this out. She finds out that old Frank's coming back to life, steals the puzzle box, goes to, like, the hospital or some shit, opens the puzzle box, the Cenobites show up, and she's like, whoa, fuck, we're taking you. And she's like, nah, wait, Frank, you're missing Frank. I know where Frank is. And they're like, oh, shit, we are missing Frank. Where Frank at? And they go after Frank. Wait a goddamn That's your story. Wait a goddamn minute. It's a weird story. Wait a goddamn motherfucking minute. I was just trying to do a speed run of the story because when you really think about it, it's a weird story. And then a fucking homeless man turns into a skeleton dragon just to keep the cycle going. Wait a goddamn minute, though. This is the second time we experienced some shit like this. Not in the exact way, but like, bitch, I bitch just got some deja vu for none other than two. You know what I'm about to say, right? Mm-mm. Starts with a B, ends in our own. Bones. Bones! It's giving bones. A little bit, yeah. Well, remember when we had uh, Wendell on and yeah. he was like constantly comparing it to Hellraiser? It, oh my God. Yeah. Not not like comparing it, but like he he brought it's, up Hellraiser yeah, quite a bit. It, it gives the same energy. Oh yeah, for sure. It gives the same energy. And but just, where bones is good, it... <laughs> I don't like this movie like everyone else you does. Know, okay, you say you already did say that Hellraiser. You don't like Hellraiser that much. I'm just like, I guess my thing is all is all like, we. Li- <laughs> There's got to be something going on with uh, Clive Barker <laughs> for him, for him to be like, you know, I'm a little fruity. I'm gonna write a story about a woman cheating on my. <laughs> cheating on my husband with his with brother my, with his brother and on top of his brother his brother's dead but i'm gonna <laughs> murder some bitches i'm gonna seduce men and murder some bitches a la death by temptation and, <laughs> and like kill him so i can get my man back it also kind of i like, kill people so i can get my man back it also kind of reminds me of jennifer's jennifer's body in a way where, like, she's bringing these men to an old, decrepit-ass house all the way up to the attic, which it he got rats and, like, some fucking, like, maggots, fungi yeah. and maggots and shit going on. And it looks like it was burned down at one point or, like, a fire started in there. And they're just like, oh, well, fuck it. A little creepy, but, you know, I'm getting some getting some booty. I don't give a oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it kind of reminds me of Jennifer's body in a it, way. You know what? <laughs> The more that I think about, the, I feel like Hellraiser is the like, the like between Halloween and Hellraiser and all of the, all of them. I feel like this movie is the one that like resonates so much with people that like 
from the down to, from the lore to the way that like the like everything comes back to life. You just like there have to be a lot of like inspiration for this. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? Death by Temptation came out like a year later. Yeah, what ninety one? Ninety one, like year or two later. Yeah, and it has like that little, uh, you know, temptation seductress kind of thing going too. So like, it feels this... like Hellraiser inspired many different elements of many different like other pro- like horror properties. Yeah, that but... you're just like, dang, Hellraiser, Hellraiser, it must be influential as fuck. Yeah, but at least like with Death by Temptation, it kind of stuck with one theme or what have you. Maybe like one or two different themes, but like. Hellraiser, it was almost like Clive fucking put up hard tropes on a wall and started throwing darts. This movie goes every fucking where. It went from being like it was giving uh Gremlins for a second. Then it went <laughs> Gremlins. No, okay, from that from that little like, you know, you get a you get a, like a little thing from like the gift shop or in like the sketchy part of town or something, and they just like fuck around and finds out kind of <laughs> shit. That's what that gave me, gotcha. like that beginning scene. And it feels like the cycle is the cycle keeps going. Yeah, the cycle whenever just that does nothing but keep going. Yeah, whenever that fucking homeless uh, anamorph guy shows up, he he's gonna it's just gonna keep going. And honestly, great way to make to uh, set it up for a sequel. But it just feels like just like a good bit of it provides a good bit of lore which can keep it going because it's like you can't stop the semitites at all semitites cinnabites cinnabites you can't stop them at all like they're like almost like god tier no it's also funny about no it's also funny about the cinnabites so they were all given names and i'm pretty sure they were given names by the fans i'm almost positive like i haven't seen any of the sequels and it just kind of awful clive just kind of went with it you got pinhead which is the main one Mm -hmm. you got chatterer who's got the little you know the yeah obviously that one yeah you got the doctor thing i i don't know the glasses glasses he's doctor something another or something like that i don't fucking know but what i did find absolutely fucking hilarious is the one female cinnabite know what her fan uh, name is what female cinnabite seriously you could you couldn't have given her like a name or Wait, something which one's the woman the one with the pussy throat yes the one <laughs> the one with the throat open with the pus- they're a woman yeah i don't know i just never assigned it gender to them i thought they're like i thought they're a little bit too godlike for them to be like well, i mean yeah oh to like but the fans gave her gender, and it's it's female Cenobite is there. Oh, name. that's lame, right? It's not like even you, like you know, vagina throat or something. Something uh, or that's s- better, or, or stroma or some shit. Like, <laughs> like, come on, give us something. That's a hole. That's a hole in the throat. Like, you gotta thrissy. relate that to something. It's a thrissy. A th- <laughs> 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 oh my god! That's what we're gonna call her. <laughs> She got a thrissy. <laughs> this bitch got a thrissy. <laughs> this movie is so fucking weird, though. It's like an episode of Tales from the Crypt, but they took it way too seriously. Not see, see now, it feels like an episode of Tales from the Crypt, but like it feels like she's just way more campy. So I agree, they did take it a little bit too seriously. Yeah. And like they just they, they the body horror, the just the outrageous just subject matter. Like, who would have thought that 
infidelity would be such a great <laughs> horror fodder. And also, I kind of appreciated that everything was ugly. You notice that every single oh, no. thing was ugly. Now, one thing was in there was attractive, but you know, a monster fucker was gonna find one of them motherfuckers and be like, mm, "I think I tapped that." But no, no, no. But it's just like the 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 mood. Like everything was muted as far as color grading. The the set was the big was ugly. The big romantic scene uh, between Chrissy and her love interest or whatever is at a dirty subway with what looks like shit stains on the wall. (laughs) Nothing is beautiful in this movie. And then like even, but I kind of like it. The scenes with when you see uh Sam Chapman's dick. That's Sam Chapman. Yeah. Let's see old boy's dick. You're just like, oh, this is this way seems so not nice looking at all. Sean Chapman. Sean Chapman. You called him Sam. Sam. Whatever. <laughs> Sean Chapman is like seeing like him. <laughs> I just feel like they gave this mo- this movie as a reason for like him. So they can showcase his tattoos all over the place. Because, like, that back tattoo was prominent. Yeah. It's pretty nice. The The makeup effects was really good. Like, I, I really enjoyed the makeup effects when they were good. That's a weird thing about this movie. Okay, so the story is good when it's good. The makeup effects are good when they're good. The cinematography is really good when it's good <laughs> because there's like a couple of shots there's there's a couple of plot points that's like where the fuck did this come from there's a couple of shots where it's filmed and you're like why does this look like shit just a second ago it looked beautiful and then you got a couple of makeup effects where you're like oh that, like the monster the monster running down the hall it's like oh that's really terrifying mm-hmm. the end where Kirsty and her love interest are fighting the monster and the damn thing kind of like punches him in the face it's goofy as fuck and looks stupid <laughs> So it's like, this movie is so weird. It's like, it's good when it's good, and then it kind of goes into shit territory. I don't know why. It just... That's that's, uh, David Lynch's film, Eraserhead. Yeah. I don't know. Did you confuse Hellraiser with Eraserhead? Uh, Before watching it, yeah. I hate you. I thought, fuck you, I thought (laughs) Pinhead was Eraserhead. No! Not even close, like, to the same level. Not even close, but it just... Forgive me, okay? Goddamn. <laughs> anyway. The special effects was absolutely beautiful. Uh, most people know the... that Bob Keane did it, mm. but also you got Jeffrey uh, Portas and uh, Sally Sutton. Sally Sutton. Sally Sutton. So you got three people there that um, did the special effects makeup, and... It's really good. I mean, there's quite a few moments where it's like, eh, but for the most part, it looks really, really cool. And the practical uh, practical effects are just phenomenal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, apparently, even with this movie, is a lot of goofs. But then again, what you expect on a, on a $1 million budget, though. Yeah, and I think this was Clive's first time directing. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive. Is that, yeah, this is a directorial debut. And what, he's done like three or four movies, I think. That's it. Like, yeah, I, know like, he, there, I know he did Nightbreed and I think something else. It feels like he's such a one of those unspoken, like, horror geniuses that no one really, like, appreciates. He, he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, just kind of, like, hit it and quit it. He's like, one and done. Well, it feels like the like it's the 
the mood and the tone is very very bleak and, and grotesque and it just screams like atmospheric horror it, it screams gross like <laughs> it, it screams like oh my god it, it, you can just you can it feels like you can feel how it smells yeah just like all of the g- blood and guts and just all of the excrement just like there's you can tell that there's a lot of like torture going on in here and i don't know how frank got off on it but uh frank is one freaky ass motherfucker well he said it himself that he felt like unimaginable pain and it made the pleasure feel that much better so So you're saying he's a fucking masochist is what he's saying no i'm saying maybe that's like a weird hellscape that the cenobites control where like they put you through torturous pain so even the most minute amount of pleasure is just that more um extraordinary it's it's almost like it's almost like they're teaching you to appreciate the small things and like the worst possible <laughs> way. That is the weirdest social commentary that I can possibly get out of this. <laughs> and I, as much as I feel like that's a reach, I like go off. I mean, I, I can see it. That's the fuck. What else? Part. How else can you explain him being like torn apart by fish hooks just for him to lick his lips and go, ugh? something about jesus it's a lot of weird jesus wept there's a lot of religious like iconography that's in this too and juxtapose the uh, like iconic like iconic uh iconography of like jesus and just like type of jesus wept against like what seems to be like this devilish like puzzle piece seems just I think they did it as like one of those MacGuffins, or as like in Neon Genesis Evangelion, where there's like there's so much religious iconography, but it's just there because it looks cool. Yeah, and it think, throws people off. I think that was that because like Jesus didn't come in handy whatsoever in this film. No, whatsoever. No. If anything, he got in the way. Like she was, Christy was gonna hide in a closet, Jesus. and then all of a sudden, Jesus is like, "Nope, my closet." <laughs> Jesus literally got in the way. <laughs> But it kind of makes you wonder who the true intent. But it makes you wonder who's the real antagonist, who's Frank. the real protagonist. Frank, protagonist would be Chrissy. The Cinnabites are kind of ha- just there. The hashtag, the final girl. Yeah, she's in like a good bit of the Hellraiser movies. I mean, it's giving Jamie Lee Curtis, like in a sense. To her, uh, Ashley that, Lawrence. That's, that's her name. Ashley Lawrence. Yeah, this she is... was in like the first four. There's a lot of Hellraisers. There's so many. Too fucking many. And I've never been interested in watching them because I didn't really care for this one. Okay, so what may... Just explain it to the audience. Why don't you like it? As compared to other horror icons. Like, I feel like you... There's a lot of... You can say. So, it's... I don't know. Like, okay, for example... I really, 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 really love Halloween, the first one. Don't really care for the sequels. I really, 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 really love Nightmare on Elm Street. Don't really care for the sequels, except for New Nightmare. I really do like New Nightmare. And I have a soft spot for Freddy vs. Jason. I do have a soft spot for Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. Uh, And I do kind of like the second uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but that's for a completely different reason. 
But moving on, um, you see what I mean? Like, I there's at least one to two films for these iconic characters that I love. I did not love this movie. I don't even think I really like it that much. It's cool. It's fun to watch. It's, but it's just not great. I don't love it at all. So I just never been interested in watching anything else. I just never. Okay, I think I've only seen you like absolutely like not like something a few times. Mm-hmm. So it just really surprises me that such an iconic like, well, a, a series that features such I like an iconic you know figure like Pinhead. Yeah, I, I figured that you might like it more because of like how it introduces such a, like I said, an iconic figure like Pinhead to the horror zeitgeist. I think the biggest issue with it is expectation. So um, I grew up where like every Halloween on AMC, they show a bunch of horror movies, right? Well, they show movies like Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, shit like that. They never show Hellraiser, obviously. You know, it's kind of hard to TV censor fucking Hellraiser. Um, They never showed it. I never saw Hellraiser on TV, but I knew about Pinhead. So I kind of built up this idea of what Pinhead and what the Hellraiser series and everything was kind of about. And so I think my headcanon was better than the movie I got. So, like, I already had this preconceived notion that I was going to love this movie because there are so many fans that, you know, are diehard Hellraiser fans. And I'm like, okay, Hellraiser, Pinhead, he's going to be just as iconic as these other slashers or horror um, icons. Mm. And I just didn't get what I was hoping for, I guess. I, I just, I don't know. I don't love this movie, and it's a shame. I wish I did. I wish I would have an interest to watch the other ones, but I don't. That's fair. That's fair. Well, at least in this case, you said that you you always kind of said what you like. What did like? Is there anything you didn't like in particular? Like, I know you didn't care too much about like almost anything <laughs> except for one that had well, its moments. But what like, did was it giving like you know student film like? It no. wasn't giving like low budget. No, was so, it again? Just it's like very, very loose. I, I, it's weird because again, it's like the story is interesting. It's I wouldn't say it's great. The story is interesting enough until it's not. Until it gets a little convoluted and a little fucking weird. Like when does all of a sudden the place like? There's no explanation for why Frank started coming back to life through the blood. He opened a portal, he went to the world of the Cenobites, and then all of a sudden, blood on the floor causes him to come back. Why? Where the fuck did that come from? Why is that a thing? And why is that plot point A and Pinhead and the Cenobites are plot point B? They're kind of like an after-fucking-thought. It kind of makes you wonder why his heart was down and was up in the attic in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I get that's where he went. That's where he solved the puzzle and was transported to the, the their world. I get that. But why blood being where you were transported starts making you come back? I mean, what if a guy figured out the, the puzzle hundreds of years ago where the, the Times Square is now? 
You you mean to tell me you like fucking accidentally cut yourself in the middle of Manhattan, drop pull of blood, and then all of a sudden a fucking zombie's gonna pop up? Hmm. So it's kind of weird. It I don't know. His story's at just... least. Uh, at and least... then what was that dragon thing? Now that was random as fuck. That was it was so fucking random. That so, was like, very you get random. You this homeless guy, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's like the guardian angel, and the Cenobites are the demons, and he's the guardian angel or something. Plot point and, C. And like he shows up towards the end with the 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 configuration on fire or in the fire, and he walks up towards the end and he goes to grab it. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he's gonna guard it, keep it safe or whatever. No, he turns into a fucking skeleton dragon and flies away so it can stay in circulation that was weird i did like that shot though but it was weird it's weird and then like the practical effects it's good it's really really fucking good like i love it when frank like is about halfway to uh three quarters of the way being human and his skin and his muscles are like constantly like oozing and bleeding and shit like that but he's wearing a suit still Mm -hmm. looks cool Looks really fucking cool. And then you have that fight between Christy and the big monster thingy. And it looks really stupid. Looks really stupid. Really, really stupid. And then you have fucking camera work that is so beautiful. And so just like Pinhead standing over Christy looking 10 feet fucking tall is really, really good work. Um, following uh, Julia around the house as she's reminiscing about Frank. That's really, really good work. What's not really, really good work is that cutting between Christy and the monster fighting. It looks so stupid. So stupid. It's just little things. It's like, I think this movie could have been better if there was a... If there was someone else guiding Clive. Like, I think Clive got a little too much free range in it. Maybe. Possibly. I don't fucking know. It's like this movie could have been good. I wouldn't say great, but this movie could have been good. Mm. But it, it it is good. It's That's the weird thing. It is good, but it's not as good as I thought it could it's be. It's good, like, is better than mediocre. Yeah, better, much better than mediocre. Much better than mediocre. Not great. No. Not mid. No. <laughs> it's just slightly above average. Yeah. It's just slightly but it's like Yeah, uh, Jay just took my long winded rant. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just slightly above average. Like ultimately if you put it in a vacuum amongst other horror films, it may or may not be better than your faves, but it's not gonna stand up amongst the greats and if you if you just take the as it is at face value. However, I think if you take it at a, if you put it in context of other films, I do think it kind of gives a different pers. I was gonna say different perspective, an interest, an interesting take on horror films that you don't really have anymore yeah like i can definitely see how this film has its fans Mm. and i can almost guarantee you horror films that i don't personally care for would probably be really good in the eyes of people that like this movie so i think it just depends on because i i'm more of the atmospheric supernatural uh psychological like Mm. oculus we did um on the last episode i like those kind of films the big bad monster with weird powers and 
batshit crazy things going on. I can get entertainment from it. Like, Bones, I get entertainment from it. And I think Bones is really, really good because it's so fucking entertaining. I don't think this movie is entertaining. And I guess that's my biggest issue is I like it, but it seems like one of those movies like Bones that if you're going to, for me personally, if you're going to enjoy it, it needs to have sort of more camp, a little more uh, entertainment to it. Not I don't so know. There's a good bit of camp in, that, in uh, Hellraiser. It was a little bit campy. Eh. It could have been a little bit more campy, but I think they did take it a little bit too seriously for where it couldn't be, you know, it couldn't reach the level of campiness that it could have. And like, I feel like it feels campier. It wouldn't, like, have, it wouldn't have been good either. Like, that's the weird thing is mm. I can't see it being any other tone than how it is because it, it, it is a film that needs to be taken seriously. It, I just don't like the fact that it's taken seriously. The, so... Let me ask this. Are you not a big fan of, like, kind of lore-based stuff? Well, not a lot. That you are. Fucking Lord of the Rings, motherfucker. But <laughs> it feels like when it comes to horror, it doesn't feel like you're a big fan of stuff that kind of has an ongoing lore. I, it. it depends. Like, again, with Oculus, I like the lore that it has, but it's quick and to the point. It's not... I don't know... I don't... It's... I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just don't care for this movie for some reason. And fair, fair, and that's honestly pretty valid. Like me personally, I, I think I got grossed out more than anything. <laughs> but I think it's also because like the core thing for me is like, girl, fuck around, find out, get your dick, and find out what the fuck's going on. Cause your ass got fucking sucked the blood out of in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, you thought he I was gonna eat was... your pussy. Now nah, he just sucked your blood, bitch. Yeah, what was what was homeboy's name? The the guy that uh, was trying to get after uh, cursing. Because basically, I feel like this whole movie was just uh, an um, allegory for men ain't shit, except for that one guy. That one guy was pretty okay. That one guy, I let me see who that one guy is because I what's the name Steve. Steve? 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 Maybe been Steve. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, that because every guy, every single guy was kind of fucking douchey. Even Larry. Even Larry was kind of weird. I, don't, I, I did kind of like Larry, though, in a way where he was like, you know, he was very in the standard 1980s man, but like he kind of had more of a soft spot for Julia. But it's also, I think it's like, he was also trying to balance having a new love life as compared to the past, aka like you know trying to maintain a relationship with his daughter. I don't know. And he all was of that. still kind of a douche, though. Like when Julia looks at like when the movers are like, "Hey, you got a beer?" and Julia's like, "Yeah, I think there's some in the fridge. Like, go get your own fucking beer." And then Larry, I thought that was funny. And then Larry looks at her and is like, "Well, I guess I'll go get it because I don't have anything else better to do." It's like Larry. Chill. Uh, see, that's chill, douchey Larry. about that's really douchey about today's standards. But I'm also like, this is just I, I it's like standard 1980s man. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, okay, I get it. But I don't know. I I guess I did kind of have a, a soft spot for Larry because I was like, you can tell that he he cared a little bit, but I don't not that, but not that much where I was like. I was rooting for him. I was like, oh, I can see where Honestly, he's going Honestly, I think the only reason you would care for Larry is because 
you could tell Kirstie cares so much for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's the because Larry himself is. I don't like his personality whatsoever. I guess that's I why was, Julia was trying to get after his brother. But I was I was upset when uh, he died solely because of uh, Kirstie's reaction. Oh God, that was sad. When that she, was when she sad. cried when she found out. That was sad. But it's also like, dang, I can see why Julia went out to your brother though. Because like, you a little lo- bitch. <laughs> Also, because he's kind of hot, like he's a little, like I, I, I hate it, but I, I, I see it. It's the I, bad boy, isn't it? It's the bad boy part. Damn it, Jay! It's the bad boy part. You're supposed to be better, man. I know. Be I'm better, supposed man. to be better, but I get it. <laughs> I get it. Like, and then we was trying to be like, "I'm the daddy." I was like, "Oh fuck, I, man!" Whoa, 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 whoa! I did want to bring something up. Oh, something that's really disturbing. I want the BDSM shit. No. Do you think Frank had did something to Kirsty when she was a child? See, I d- I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to think of that because it's like I feel like even he has some kind of moral code. No, no, no. But no. he's also kind of a really weirdo. No, 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 no. But think about this. Think about this. Okay. So, the first time you hear him say come to daddy is when he's seducing Julia. Mm-hmm. He says it again when Julia and him are talking and he's in the fucked up state that he's in. The next time you hear him say it is when Kirsty's in there and she finds Frank but doesn't realize it's Frank yet. She just sees grotesque, you know, human meat sack, whatever. And he says, come to daddy. And she looks at him weird and then he puts his hands on her face and that's when she realizes it's Frank. Uh, I don't want to think about that. I know you don't want to think about it, but I think that is the context you're supposed to get from it. Mm-hmm. I know, grody, but hey. That is gross. I'm telling you, man, this and... movie's like throwing everything at your fucking face. Oh, God. It's like a pie of horror. <laughs> a ho- oh, <laughs> it's a no. horror pie, and you have to eat it. It just is a kitchen sink of, of a horror film. <laughs> they just throw everything in. I'm like, I'm sorry I had to bring that up, but I I don't know how to feel about it because it's like Clive. This is my first exposure to Clive, right? I just want to know, like, but you've watched you've watched Candyman. Well, yeah, it's based off his story. Based off his story, but like, did he write the screenplay? He did not write the screenplay. He didn't write the screenplay. I know he worked with uh, the director before. Yeah, but like, I know he didn't write the screenplay for the first Candyman. No, I. Okay, but he I'll give, wrote. I'll give you that one. But he wrote the novel. He wrote the story, and the screenplay, and directed this. So I was like, "Do you think he's either just not? He's just like not as that good, or is it just more so that he just because re- like a lot of his credits are horror based credits? Yeah, I know he's, like, he's a horror writer. He I did not know it, like he that like, he was a horror writer. I don't think it. I, I just feel like his work from from this alone does not translate as well to the big screen as like I do I do agree on his if it's on his own terms I don't think it translates well but I think it's also because of the fact that he's not a filmmaker he's a it says that he's a playwright too I think he's I mean, done he, he would write scripts yeah but yeah so it's just like his not his like his work for not like 
for prose, mm-hmm. I feel like doesn't really translate throughout the script form, if that makes sense. I, I do agree, especially just going off the Hellraiser thing, because when you think about it, okay, so Hellraiser is based off his novel. And with a novel, you can get into some serious fucking detail. And I think a story like this would work a lot better in a novel format, where Candyman, it's a short story. Mm-hmm. It's an idea. It's a concept. It's something you can build off of. You can take the lore that was established in that short story and kind of build your own framework, where Hellraiser, you is an, is like it's a, a building. Glor- it's a like you're trying adaptation. Yeah, it's like you're trying to build a building based off of another building. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, and I don't. I, I feel like a lot of there's a lot of people who do this better. Yeah, like who can do well, like translate their own work mm-hmm. into the screen a little bit better than he can. Does that take away from how iconic his characters are? No, it doesn't. However, I feel like this just shows that his strong suits is probably not in taking script to screen more so just laying the foundation in the form of writing like if there's an adaptation he writes the like the dramatization yeah or something like that but i i feel like it's still too early for me to tell i just had to get more into his work as a writer and as a director yeah i in order for me to actually like you know come up with an opinion i did like nightbreed that's another film that he did. I, I know that one. Like I said, it, he's done Hellraiser, Nightbreed, and I want to say at least two other ones. But mm. I know Nightbreed, and I like Nightbreed. Nightbreed's a good movie. I don't know what. I don't know why I don't like this one. And I, the only thing I can equate it to is expectations. I had way too high of expectations for this film going in, and I, they just weren't met. I, that's the only thing I can think. I guess I can just say it's not for you. Because every every other slasher or iconic um, horror like icon, uh, even Reagan from The Exorcist, I've seen all those when I was kids. I was a kid when I watched most of those. So, like, I didn't have other people ruining that shit for me. I got ruined with Hellraiser because everyone's like, oh, you like horror movies? Have you seen Hellraiser? No, I haven't, but I, I do want okay. to. Okay, so you like going into things more blind. And on get, or on your own terms, I guess because like this is one of I, I've seen other movies where like other people have told me about it, but I never went into it expecting much. I, I guess this is the only because it it's Pinhead. He's a fucking icon. You would think mm-hmm. his first movie would be great, and it just it wasn't for me. I think it it just I think it just be like that. So. Yeah. It makes it honestly your perspective make things a lot more sense now. But I think overall, it's a spectacle. Yeah, this, it's, this it's is dev- a spectacle, dude. It's almost like the an, an amusement park ride of horror. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you go on like the haunted mansion or like like who is it? But the, yeah, like a Disney ride. It, it's like a Disney ride of a uh, of one. You get your little thrills and out. But, like, once you come out of it, do you really come out of it a different person like you usually do in the movies? Or is it just like, oh, let's do it again? Like, to just experience the thrill of it? Or do you get something out of it? Like, you, if that, does that make any sense? I'm sorry. All, all I'm thinking of now is, that, is an amusement park based solely off of horror icons. I feel like can you imagine a, a mar- u- Can you imagine a universal style of... Uh, a, a, 
ride that is just like this the Hellraiser verse. I feel like there's a market for that, but it has to be in the the least likely spot, like somewhere in fucking Montana or Mi- not Minnesota. I would drive to Minnesota for something like that. I'm thinking that more so cool. Montana or Wyoming. Like it has to be in somewhere where you just like <gasps> it has to be in hell. No, where I forgot wherever hell's at, but like that's that town. There's a there's a town called Hell. Yeah, that's a, I think it's actually in Wyoming. Like I think it's called Hell, Wyoming. What? Hold on, let me uh, let yeah, me make you, sure. Yeah, you find this out right now. If there's a real place called Hell, yeah, there looks like there is a place called Hell. Hold on, just a second. Hold on just a second. Oh, I am holding. You're holding? I am holding. Because this is interesting. This is more interesting than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. If you, if you guys are out there and y'all are fans Actually, of Hellraiser, I'm so, so sorry. I lied. It's not in Wyoming. It's in Michigan. Hell, Michigan. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for anyone who lives in Michigan. <laughs> It's a hell. <laughs> Just hell. offending all kinds of people today. Hell is a unincorporated community in Livingston County in the U.S. state of Michigan. As an unincorporated community, hell has no defined boundaries or population statics statistics of its own. So hell is just there. Is hell is just there. Wow. Like, hell has no rights. Hell is doesn't even get recognized as as an own town by the U.S. Postal Service. Damn. Yup. So it's just, hell is just literally just there. It's like the purge. Yeah. Hell is just there, dog. And that, I think that's so epic. I kind of want to live in hell. That sounds cool. Do, but do you want to live in hell, Michigan? No, I don't want to live in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, or go to Michigan. Their pizza looks really good. I've never been to Michigan, but I tried to. I finally tried actual Chicago uh, style pizza. Yeah, a little bit met too messy for me, but not bad. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely like you you plop that shit in a bowl and eat it with a fork and a knife. But yeah, the like Michigan a, like, style pizzas were like they it's like the crust, but then they like load it with fucking cheese. Wait, so like it's the crispy cheese on top of the crust. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. On top or inside? So, like, you know how, like, you would put, uh, like, uh, like a brownie pan. Yeah. I right, imagine like a crust goes in a brownie pan and it mm-hmm. only fills up half the pan, and then they put cheese on top of that, mm-hmm. like cheese, pepperoni sauce, shit like that. Yeah. So you got like on the on the edges, you got like crust and then like crispy cheese oh on top my of it. God. Yeah, it looks really good. That does sound good. My, well, I guess if I I gotta go to Detroit. I guess I gotta go to fucking Detroit. At least once. I, I would go there once. Right, right. So. I guess we're. What, what's your final thoughts? We're, we're, I, we went on a whole Detroit, yes, Michigan thing. And I, I offended people of Hellraiser fandom and, and, and Michigan. I'm sorry, Michigan. I. <laughs> I, I just. Don't know. Like, I guess. I, I feel like, it, like I said, it's more of a spectacle. Then you getting anything out of it. You get it's basically like it's like a popcorn horror movie with t- like you know nineteen eighties teen A and D, and it's weird because it's like I guess this can go into a whole subject about like 
like uh how much sex and how much the human body is just shown in horror movies as compared to other films because like almost a good chunk of these horror movies you see a lot of boobs you see a lot of ass and like and in some cases you even see a bit of dick and you're just like why (laughs) like why is this so prevalent in horror movies as compared to like other films but like i said it's just more of a spectacle and it's a it's almost like a popcorn movie like that's kind of all i get like it's kind of like popcorn style stuff like watching it in a in like a theater like a little art house theater and kind of just uh go on with it i think i would have more fun with it watching it with like a big crowd it's more, yeah. It's more. This is more of a crowd film. Like could this is imagine, a party film. Could you imagine seeing this when it came out in '87? That probably was hard to find a theater that showed, and they probably honestly, I feel like the, this is maybe a recut version. Because Prob- like, I, maybe, think, I don't like, know if the I don't know if the theatrical cut was going to be able to show. Like, I can definitely see how like a studio, like Clive, probably like released something, and the studio was like, whoa whoa dude uh cut that back a little bit yeah and like i guess one last thing i feel like this is something that trauma could have done uh, uh, they they would have ruined it they probably would have but i also feel like no i think this is a little bit too high class I almost at high class. <laughs> a little bit too high bar for trauma. Yeah, because I, I mean, like- think about Death by Temptation. Like, the movie we could have got if it didn't have its trauma. Because you could clearly tell the difference between what uh, James Bond the third directed and what Old Boy directed. Mm. I feel like this would have been way night and day. <laughs> I agree. There's a, there's a little bit too... Also, yeah, there's a little bit too much... I'm not going to say prestige. But I feel like there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more than, than a little more a trauma, class. a little bit more class than a trauma <laughs> film. But it just still feels like, it still feels like I, I, you can, you can just see this in the movie and just kind of be like, okay, and on to the next one. And if and no shades to the girls who like Hellraiser as an icon, as as an iconic movie, but it's like, out of all of the horror icons, Penny is kind of at the bottom. The pendant would be at the kind of at the at the bottom tier for me because in terms of just cool factor, he's all right, he's there, but he doesn't really do as much as compared to the other horror icons. Yeah, like does he? He just kind of like he just sits sits to stare. I think as compared to the other ones. I well, I don't think I know for a fact that his lore and backstory and like you get a lot more about the Cenobites as the sequels move on but I don't I don't know like again if I didn't like this one why would I like the sequels that even the fans say aren't as good as the first one Hellraiser came out in 2022 it'll be more of a limited series than a, than a movie yeah I think because I think with at least with the uh, Cenobites it'll have more W. I feel like more focus on them and more of, yeah, it'd be more focused on them and not just like, you know, a story about infidelity. Yeah. But that's just me. I think, yeah, I think the focus will be all Frank more on them yeah. as like a, a society, as like a collective and just see how they work and how all of that shit works. And I think that'll be better off. Honestly, I kind of wish that they did focus more on pin, on pinheading them. Cause I feel like I would enjoy that a lot more. I, as, I do too. I think that's why. Cause like, 
you have you have but this like, you have this all this iconic icons and horror all of this lore but you waste it on such a human story where they're just kind of like oh we're just the uh the catalyst i guess but like what would you do if you focused on the cenobites because their whole thing is just finding people and torturing them it literally would just be torture porn because they don't do anything else they they don't they just torture people true so like if you only focused on them it would literally you, you would have to do a movie where you explore how they came to be but then that kind of takes away the mystique of them just being otherworldly demons Fuck. So like so like you either have to have a movie like this where they're the background characters which sucks. You have to have a movie where it's just them torturing people for an hour and 30 minutes which, which I'm not down for that or you have to explore their backstory which kills the mystique of them which sucks. So either way we're fucked. Yeah. Okay. I think this I think this is much better as a book than it is a movie. Fair. So yeah, I get that. No 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 they they don't deserve any screen. <laughs> <laughs> they don't deserve to be have a movie. But I get that. Like, it's better if you use your imagination more than anything else. We got it's good that's like visual representation of what they look like. But other than that, just I say just use your represent rep your your imagination in order to see how like how they'll be in your mind. Because I feel like if you watch this, your expectations would be <laughs> shattered. Yeah. So. Oh, that's my f- uh, about a two 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 and a half two two and a half yeah. yeah i'm saying two and a half yeah like there's not really much else i can say about it and i think much more the conversation was spent kind of like la di da di da talking about other stuff so yeah it, i did kind of shit on it a good bit and the thing is though like i don't want people to be discouraged to this movie because if you like it good on like good on you like i'm not trying to tell you it's a bad movie not at one point was I trying to say this is a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I really don't. It's just not my kind of movie. It's just not our cup of tea. Yeah. Like, it's not Hellfest. It's not a shitstorm. But it's not... It's just I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would have when I first watched it. And I think that's completely okay. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it enough to put it on this list. Like, as soon as uh, we decided to do Cursed Object Month, I was like, oh, well, we got to fucking do Hellraiser. Oh, it works. It works out perfectly. Yeah. So, so but it just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even think, if I ever owned a Hellraiser movie, it would be the first one. And that's only to show other people. Like, it's I just, only to add it to your collection. I was like, oh, I got this too, I guess. Yeah. It, that'd be the only reason. So, I don't know. But. That's, yeah. that's our thoughts. That's Hellraiser. Yeah. Join us next week because we're going to have a very special episode. Because you know what next Wednesday is, Jay? What is next Wednesday? We're getting back not only to our normal schedule because we did kind of screw up last week. Again, apologies. But we're getting back to our normal re- scheduled release. Mm. You know what next Wednesday is, Jay? What? It's the 20th of April. Really? It is. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I have the perfect cursed object movie for us to watch on such a glorious occasion. Oh my god. <laughs> what is it? Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be watching Evil Bong. What? We're going to be watching Evil Bong. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> I get- 
You and your 420 ass. Okay. Okay. I get that. It's going to be Woo! fun. But anyway, until next time, I've been Heath. And I've been Jay. And you've been listening to Host, Host of, of Horrors. Horrors.